MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Alongside Wes Reynolds, I'm Femi Abebefe. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Wes, how we doing, man? This is a uh, first weekend of all 32 teams in training camp, man. The timeline is so alive yeah. on social media. I, I, I know this is getting your juices flowing uh, with all the uh, the camp going on. We're going to have our first official preseason game on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. Already been a busy morning in the racing world. Stephen Bond and I are Formula One geeks. So George Russell, the there surprising pole winner in Hungary in the Red Bull, 10th and 11th, going to be an interesting race tomorrow at the Hungaro Ring. Yeah, we'll have to Catch get my- racing lines, by the way. That was it. You and Mikhail Miranda on racing lines. Get that yes. wherever you get your podcast there. Excellent Formula One information on that podcast. But hey, hang out with us for the next three hours. Wes and I will be breaking things down. Make sure to tweet at us. We want to hear from you guys now that your excitement level is getting high for football season as well. At VEASAN Live is where you can find us on Twitter. At Wes Reynolds 1 is where you can find Wes. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. Like I mentioned, last weekend without football. So we're going football heavy on the show today. Betting profile break Downs on the Chargers and Steelers throughout the show. NFC West headlines this hour. Trey Lance era has begun in San Francisco. DK Metcalf is back on the practice field with a brand new contract in the Pacific Northwest. Also, the blue chip and red chip series continues with the offensive line. Also, in case you haven't heard, 
The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is out. Make sure to get that as well. And to begin our number two, we'll discuss a number of teams. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, USC, Utah. And we'll take a look at the Heisman Trophy market at 1130. But first, Wes, we begin with none other than Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. My goodness, what a roller coaster this has been. Uh, Last weekend, we saw that the Kyler Murray drama had ended after he got the contract. Then the details of the contract came out. Mm -hmm. We saw the independent study clause that was placed in there. Four hours of homework, for lack of a better term, for Kyler Murray to do on his own away from the facility. That caused a stirrup all over the football world and Twitter as well. But now the contract clause has been taken out. Kyler can get back to Call of Duty or whatever video game he so chooses. <laughs> and now we're back to status quo. I always thought he was more of a Minecraft guy, <laughs> yeah. I guess. But, uh, you, you know, you kind of wonder who leaked this thing out because, I mean, mm-hmm. these contracts, I mean, you know the terms because they get announced, but you don't really ever get into the specifics of things, you know, uh, in terms of the contracts. They very rarely are put out there to the public. But somebody put that out there about Kyler. Tyler Murray. So uh, it was not a very good look for him, though, because this is a young quarterback who I still think has a lot of cynicism, partially because of his size. You know, he's he's too little. He's only 5'10". Yep. He can't make it as a quarterback in this league, and plus the way that the season ended for the Arizona Cardinals last year. So there's a lot of skepticism for a variety of reasons out there. So when you sign the second richest contract in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL, you're going to get a lot of scrutiny, fair or unfair. And just when that came out, I think the instant Instantaneous reaction and and you know my reaction to be fair I'll put myself out there was like can you imagine you know this being put out there with like Peyton Manning or somebody <laughs> like that or Tom nope. Brady you know like Peyton Manning it's like they probably have a clause in the deal hey buddy you got to get out of here by 1 a.m yeah, yeah, you know yeah. get the hell out here's, here's mandated we, PTO we, we, we've got we've got we've got our you know maintenance and our janitorial crew that got to clean the facility for the next morning so you need to go home and you know it's just it's part of the job as as a starting mm-hmm. NFL quarterback. And it's not that I don't think Kyler Murray never watches film or anything absurd like that, but the fact that that leaked out there, that was not a very good look for this team. And this is a team that's starting a little bit behind the eight ball this season for 2022, simply because number one target, DeAndre Hopkins, was yeah six games, yep, I believe. Six game uh, suspension. So, so yeah, you've a lot of these young guys are going to have to step up for him. Uh, Rondale Moore and company, and then uh, you still have the old reliable veteran AJ Green, but the rest of the crew, Dorch, those guys, they're going to have to step up for for uh, in place of DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, you know. Kyle Kyler Murray, maybe this embarrassment gives him a little chip on his shoulder. I I don't Mm. know, but obviously you did not want that put out there. The last thing that you want as a quarterback is to be like, oh, he's not putting in the work or he's lazy or we have to force him to do something. So, uh, you know, probably wasn't the best of circumstances for Kyler Murray this week. No, it wasn't. And you can tell that he was a little upset about it. I'm sure his camp was upset about it as well because Tyler or Kyler, not Tyler, Kyler Murray had an impromptu media availability because of this clause in the contract. And a lot of folks were talking about it. He spoke with the media earlier this week. Here's what he had to say, uh, defending his own self and his work ethic here so far through three years in the NFL. To think that, I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game and not, um, not, not have that passion and not, not take this serious is, is almost, it's disrespectful and it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost a joke, you know? Um, it's, to me, I'm flattered, you know, I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not, um, you know, not take it serious. It's, 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 it's disrespectful, I feel like, to my peers, to all the, 
to all the, the great athletes and great players that are in this league, um, this game's too hard. Uh, to, to play the position that I play in this league, um, it's, it's, it's too hard. You know, it's interesting to hear him put it that way, Wes, because that was kind of my thought when I first saw this clause and the discussion around this thing. Oh, Kyler's not watching film. And I thought, mm -hmm. hey, the NFL is way too difficult for you to go out. I don't care how talented mm -hmm. you are. And Kyler is a, an elite talent, what he can do, not just in football, but in baseball as well. A top 10 pick in the MLB draft. So he's a talented kid, but you still have to put in the work and he's improved year over year in completion percentage and yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt as well. I don't think you can do that without putting in the work, but however, it was still put in the clause and it was mm -hmm. put in there for some reason. So mm -hmm. it's almost like, are the Cardinals not fully buying into how much he's doing or what's going on here? There seems to be a disconnect between Kyler and the front office. Right. And then what happens, obviously, he had to address it. And then everybody else has to put their two cents in. Lincoln Riley, of course, his former coach in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, why out, are you bothering me with this? Yeah, came out and vouched for him. He's like, guys, I'm trying to win the back 12 here. Uh, we're trying to do our own program. But yeah. he had to go ahead and comment on it. I know Patrick Mahomes had some comments because this always, you know, in, in this day and age of media, it always introduces kind of a new dynamic, you know, then then the racial component obviously mm -hmm. gets brought into it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes addressed that yesterday about how, you know, Lamar Jackson gets criticism and Kyler Murray. So I don't think that necessarily Patrick Mahomes is totally wrong to bring mm -hmm. that out there. But then that opens up a whole can of worms and this uh, deviates really from uh, what this is supposed to be about. And it's supposed to be about Kyler Murray at 24 years old, number uh, two paid quarterback in the league has got to take a step up. Everybody's got to develop. I don't care who you are or where you come from. So you got to show it on the field, and that's the way to shut up all the critics. You know, we, we had this discussion on the GM Shuffle podcast with Michael Lombardi. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. But it's, it's an interesting dynamic with this Cardinals front office. Michael Bidwell, the owner, Steve Kime, the general manager. And to me, it almost feels like this is such a low self-esteem kind of franchise mm -hmm. because when you see that – that clip of Kyler Murray speaking, I saw on social media, the Cardinals went ahead and then put this out. Kyler Murray addressing the concerns about his work ethic. Buddy, we would not have these questions if yeah. you guys didn't put this exactly. into the contract. Exactly. So it's, it's like, you guys, you guys got, started this. It's you guys that got the concerns, <laughs> and then you bring it out to the forefront. So it's like there are some things, you know, they, they used to be keep it on the down low. You know, yeah. if there's some kind of issue there, you know, you keep things in-house. You don't let them get out. And, and I think that that's kind of showing the inexperience of an organization, too. Mm. That shows that there's some organizational concerns, not the fact that it's just Kyler Murray or any of the players or any of the coaching staff, this is organization-wide. When that gets out there, you, you know, certain are the organizations in the league. I know Michael brought that up on point with the Twitter. It's like, do you think this would happen with Rodgers or do you think this would happen with Mahomes or some of these guys in terms of, like, work ethic? Probably not, but got to keep things in-house. You don't yeah. want everybody – pointing fingers because they're already looking at you because of the fade that the Arizona Cardinals have had mm -hmm. the last couple seasons. So they're looking right at Cliff Kingsbury and they're looking right at Kyler Murray and saying, okay, it's on you guys. I mean, we can only go by what we've seen. And what we've seen is you guys get out to a hot start. People start believing. And then you guys go in the absolute tank at the second half of the season. I think this is a classic situation where you just can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's out there. And yeah. now that they've taken the clause out of the contract, anytime Kyler plays poorly, people are going to question, 
Oh, well, is exactly. He put, is he putting in the work? Exactly. Is he doing this stuff? And that's what the Cardinals have brought on themselves. And I know they took the claws out because they said that they don't want this to become a distraction. Sorry. It's mm-hmm. already a distraction. And now it's the, the mm-hmm. storyline that's hovering around this team based on how they perform on the and field. And even when you look at 2021, and look, Kyler Murray, I still think, has to take the next step. Still has mm-hmm. some developing to do. This is only his fourth year in the league. Did have his highest completion percentage last year. Yeah. 69.2%. Highest average in terms of uh, pass reception, 79 Of course, Hopkins, I think, helped out in that regard. Lowest amount of interceptions, although he only played 14 games with 10. Best quarterback rating. So there are some things to like he also didn't lose any fumbles last year he did get hit and fumbled 13 times though but Mm -hmm. that's a lot on the offensive line to go ahead and protect him so there are some good signs for Kyler Murray do I think he should be the second highest paid quarterback in the league probably not but that's just the timing of the Mm -hmm. thing because somebody these young guys when they renegotiate Burrow and they renegotiate Herbert they're going to be making more that's just the nature of the beast now in the NFL yeah it's just whoever's next becomes the highest paid or the second highest paid that's just kind of the nature of the beast and how things go about this but this Cardinals team as we wrap up this discussion it just feels like there's a lot of bad juju around this team something's going on where there's this this distraction now there was already uh, uh, people thought that there were a fade heading into this offseason to begin with Mm -hmm. and now you have this on top of all that and it's a difficult start without their all pro wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins to where if things get off to a rocky start I mean, this can really blow up in their faces of potentially worst record in the division, despite yeah. the Seahawks being there with their quarterback situation. And, and, and it's not an easy start. As you mentioned, yeah. you do have the Kansas city chiefs in your opener. Uh, you could get easier openers on the schedule, but uh, that <laughs> is not going to be one of them. Uh, Arizona, a three point underdog uh, early on. Haven't really seen a lot of movement in the line, but then it doesn't get easier. You got to go to Las Vegas. Then you got the Rams coming in the Super Bowl champion at Carolina, Philadelphia, tough schedule to open for Arizona. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, but we're going to stay in the NFC West on the other side, talking Trey Lance and DK Metcalf here on Betting Across America. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We're hanging out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Training camp is alive and well, Wes. I've seen the videos popping up. Tua Tungavailoa mm-hmm. has hit Tyreek Hill for a 65-yard touchdown. Jameis Winston connected with Chris Olave on a bomb at training camp as well. So the training camp news and notes are buzzing with all 32 teams now on the practice field. And this now ushers in a new era out in San Francisco for one Trey Lance. General Manager John Lynch and the head coach Kyle Shanahan uh, made it official earlier this week at their pre-training camp State of the Union press conference saying that we are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. We're looking to trade him. This is now Trey Lance as he enters year two in his NFL career. But it's an interesting year two because he only played two games in year one and played sparingly in some red zone situations Mm -hmm. when Jimmy Garoppolo was starting. What could you possibly expect from Trey Lance here as he begins his first official season as a starter in San Fran? Yeah, and look, I think that they kind of have to do it at this standpoint. You don't draft a guy number three and then say, oh, we're going to baby him and we're going to groom him for a couple years. So, look, I I understand uh, exactly why, and I don't disagree with San Francisco. Uh, Regardless of what you think of Lance, you have to give this guy at least an opportunity. And he's still, like you mentioned, essentially – I think you still got to kind of quantify him as a rookie with only Mm. two starts in this league. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It is a a new offensive coordinator, by the way, uh, now at the McDonald or uh, 
uh, down in uh, Miami. So uh, it is going to be a new setting, even though Kyle Shanahan is really the play caller and the uh, director, kind of the ex-official offensive coordinator, even though he doesn't carry that title. So, you know, just look, just looking at this team, there is a lot to like. There's uh, the defense, obviously, I think under D'Amico Ryans is in very good shape. Uh, I think the receiving core is actually very underrated. A lot of people mm -hmm. point to Debo, who, you know, has made it clear he does not want to run the ball as much this year, but uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, uh, Jennings uh, is is very good. Uh, they add uh, a couple other guys in free agency, another another player in the draft. So this receiving core, you still got one of the best tight ends in the league, by the way, George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle needs to be Trey Lance's best friend, yeah. I think, for this offense to really fire on all cylinders and uh, and be successful. Uh, a good running game, got a deep, I think, you know, multiple running backs that can carry the load back there with uh, Lodge Mitchell and with uh, Trey Sermon and Jeff Wilson. You still have Yushek, who's a nice veteran piece at fullback that you can also use in like a short passing game as a safety valve in the flat. So Trey Lance, I don't think is going into a horrible situation here. It is not like this is a rebuild. It is not like this is Justin Fields in Chicago mm -hmm. where he's got to look at because we're just seeing on the screen at Bears training camp here where he's got to look at that offensive line and be like, yo, I'm in trouble. And I don't yeah. think Trey Lance necessarily has that. I think there's a lot more pieces in place for him to be successful. Yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting to see how this thing unfolds in San Francisco because I think all possibilities are on the table with Trey Lance, and that's what I've been saying all throughout this offseason, that we kind of have to open our minds to the possibility that he is a great quarterback or that he is a bad quarterback. We mm -hmm. haven't seen him, so we just don't know which one it is, and likely it's going to be somewhere in the middle would be the most likely outcome, but – who knows what Trey Lance can do just because we simply haven't seen him play at a consistent manner since 2019, given that all the way back to his days in North Dakota state before COVID all hit and stuff. So Trey Lance, it's so just the fact that he's going into year one, does it limit the Niners ceiling when you talk about what they can do from a Super Bowl perspective? Because not a whole lot of first year starters win Super Bowls or get to Super Bowls. Uh, we saw even Patrick Mahomes, his first year in 2018 as the official starter, they go all the way to the AFC championship game. And I'm sure he would admit that there were some things that would kind of trip him up there as a year one starter. What do you think this does for the Niners ceiling? Are they still capable of possibly going to a Super Bowl with Lance at quarterback, even though he doesn't have the reps under his belt? I think they could maybe make the divisional playoff the second weekend, and maybe that that's as far as they are going to go. I think uh, you look at what's around them, and you think, hey, this can still be a playoff team, even though you have the defending Super Bowl champions in your division, uh, just because of the personnel that's around him. I think the talent is there for San Francisco. It's not like they are down on talent like some of the other teams mm -hmm. in the NFC. I would not project them for the Super Bowl. I just think that the Rams bringing largely their entire structure back with a couple different changes, Allen Robinson at receiver and whatnot. You're always going to lose some guys from a Super Bowl team. We'll see what happens in Tampa Bay now with Ryan Jensen getting hurt. Now Tom Brady, the entire middle of his offensive line that he had last year, he no longer has. So that's obviously not good for Tampa Bay, but those are kind of the top teams that everybody talks about. Yeah. The Rams, the Bucks, the Packers are, are always there. And then Philadelphia and Dallas seemingly one, two in the East, but the 49ers, you, you take a look at them and you would think, hey, this definitely could be a playoff team because the schedule, at least early on, first two weeks, you should go 2-0. I know you got a rookie starting on the road, essentially, yeah. at Chicago, but that's going to be one of the worst teams in the league. You should start out 2-0 before it gets a little tougher going to Denver and then the Rams at home. Then you go to Carolina and Atlanta. Those are games you will be road favorites. So 
at worst, you would think four and two start for this team. And, you know, that's putting you right in business. Maybe you split those uh, next two tough games with the Chiefs and the Rams and be five and three going in the bye week. So I don't want to say no on the Super Bowl, but I think that they're sealing this second weekend. Yeah, that, that's kind of my read on it as well. And it's interesting because I think this could be a really good regular season team, but maybe the playoffs are ceiling is a little bit smaller because mm-hmm. of Lance's inexperience. And we saw earlier this week here on VEASAN, Drew Densick on the numbers game put out that he likes Trey Lance to win MVP at 50 to one, just buying in on a long shot type of price here. And, and that's kind of what you have to do. What to you got to do. Market. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it, and. Go ahead. I'm oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, like, if you like the Niners to do well in the regular season, I think that's mm-hmm. the way to go about it. Two to one right now to win the NFC West is not enough of a payout for me, at least. Betting on a quarterback, we will only see start two games, but maybe an MVP caliber season because defenses also don't know what to expect from Trey Lance and what Kyle right. Shanahan is going to design for him as well. Right. I mean, you know, look, you want him to produce more in the pocket, but you also know that he's got mobility. Yes. And you don't want to necessarily, you know, keep that in the bottle. You want him to be able to use that and, you know, not be his first instinct necessarily like when, like Lamar first got in the league. Yeah. Whereas, like, my first instinct, if I get any pressure, get the hell out and run and and do that. So you want him to be able to make plays down the field, and he certainly has guys that can do that. Uh, you know, is the Debo stuff water under the bridge? That could be a concern. But before he took on that, like, wideback role, he was still one of the more efficient uh, receivers in the league. If you look, uh, I think the PFF grade on him was like 86.9 through week 10 before they started to use him more in the backfield. That was only behind Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. That's pretty good company for last season. You still have George Kittle, who needs to be Trey Lance's best friend, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk uh, down the stretch. He was kind of in the doghouse for Kyle Shanahan, I think, early in the season. And then he got a 119.4 passer rating on 83 targets. I mentioned Jawan Jennings. They also have a rookie, Danny Gray, out of SMU, who played in kind of an up-tempo air raid type offense for Sonny Dykes down there in Dallas last year at SMU. But this is a well-rounded receiving group. This is a deep backfield that doesn't necessarily have a true number one. So you're going to see these guys like Mitchell and Sermon, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, Also, uh, uh, Jeff, I forgot his last name, but – Jeff Wilson, Jeff Jr. Wilson, Jeff yep. Wilson. Thank you. I yep. just, no, I just no, liked on it for a minute, but <laughs> you've got a pretty deep backfield there, mm-hmm. even with Mostert now down in Miami with uh, his old coach, now the head coach down there at the Dolphins. So you've got a deep backfield. So Trey Lance is not like, you know, like being a lamb fed to slaughter here. I think no, he's yeah. got some support. Yeah, it's a really good situation for Trey Lance to enter in to his first official year as the starting quarterback. Shooting up north to the Pacific Northwest here, the Seattle Seahawks, the longest odds to win the NFC West over at 16 to one at BetMGM. Well, this week they re-signed DK Metcalf, gave him his three-year contract extension worth $72 million, includes $58.2 million guaranteed, a $30 million signing bonus, which is the highest ever for a wide receiver in National Football League history. Metcalf, it's curious who's going to throw him the football, Mm -hmm. but as a wide receiver, he's turned out to be a terrific player for the Seahawks, drafted him late in the second round, I believe it was, out of Ole Miss, and it makes sense. He's the next guy up to get paid at wide receiver, and he gets his big payday. No, absolutely. Uh, It's kind of the old thing, you know, somebody's always got to score on a bad team. Well, somebody's (laughs) got to produce. Now, you're going to have, it looks like Drew Locke or Geno Smith right now throwing in the football, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I don't really foresee a trade within the division, but stranger things have happened Mm -hmm. in the National Football League. But look, I don't blame him. Obviously, you can get paid the most right where you are. It's a three-year, so, you know, he didn't sign a five 
five or a six year because I think he wants to see he and his representation want to see how this plays out. It's like, okay, I don't have much at quarterback this year, but if we are going to be bad, we got a chance to get like a star rookie next year. If we're going to be drafting high, we get yeah. a chance to get maybe a Bryce young or a CJ Stroud or see what they want to do in free agency with a couple notable free agents at quarterback next year. So, uh, I don't blame DK Metcalf necessarily for uh, re-signing. It was his turn to get paid, and he did so. Yeah, and it's a shrewd move by him and his his camp there because he becomes a free agent once again at the age 27. So he'll still yeah. be in the prime they of his career. They leave themselves an out, yeah. which I think is exactly what they wanted to accomplish here. Yep, get your money now, then potentially get your money even more later on down the line there if he's able to produce with a new quarterback, not Geno Smith or Drew Locke. But Metcalf, he was a hold in at Seahawks camp. Now he's back on the practice field there with his new deal. Out in LA, there's another star player who is a currently a hold in, has yet to sign a contract extension. Negotiations underway between Derwin James and the LA Chargers. And we'll discuss that next here on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Football Guide is out now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons, folks. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN All-Access subscription. you got to subscribe to the All-Access to get the guide, so make sure to go ahead and do that. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN dot com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out with Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Wes, you were a big part of putting together the college football betting guide. We will be discussing college football to start our number two going deep dive into a number of teams also doing some Heisman Trophy futures market discussion as well at 1130. So stick around for that since it is a Saturday mm-hmm. and college football always on the mind on a Saturday, but let's stay in the professional ranks as of now here and talk about the LA chargers. We were discussing this during the break, the Holdens. It's an interesting dynamic between yeah, what is the players new, and, this, the, and the front office term here, this <laughs> yeah. new NFL, I guess hold in yeah, back in the day. It used to be the holdouts. There was always still those famous holdouts yeah. for first round picks. Yeah. Also guy. I mean, I remember Walter Jones up in Seattle. He would always hold out every now and then for a yes. new contract, but now it's the holdins because guys have gotten smart and you put out the quote during the, during the break there, Marshawn Lynch's famous quote. What was it? Yeah, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And Marshawn <laughs> tried to tell these guys, and these guys are following suit, uh, apparently. I, I know uh, Joey Bosa made some comments. It's like, hey, we're, we're going to be fine, you know, explain kind of why he shouldn't be on the field, but why the Chargers need him on it uh, mm-hmm. was a story put out by Yahoo Sports. But, you know, I, I, I got to think that this is going to work out. This defense, by the way, has made some very big upgrades. Of course, uh, showing J.C. Jackson the money uh, from New England. He now fl- slots in at left corner. Khalil yep. Mack is part of the trade. This is a very good secondary that Derwin James is part of. Adderley is good at free safety. Asante Samuel Jr. at the other corner. Bryce Callahan comes in as the nickel. So, this secondary this is one of the stronger units probably on, on this team, and it's going to have to be being in that AFC West with all this competition. Yeah, I think defensively is going to really be the story about this Chargers team because a lot of hype is about Justin Herbert and the skills position guys they have on offense. The offensive line made an addition in the draft 
already has Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater. So they're building up front there to protect Justin Herbert. But defensively, especially at the end of last year, they were getting absolutely torched. Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be Brandon Staley's calling card. That's why he's the head coach was because what he did as a defensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams. What do you think is the ceiling for this Chargers defense? They got a lot of high-end talent. They've made splash moves in free agency, like you mentioned, getting J.C. Jackson, trading for Khalil Mack. Can this be an upper echelon defense as long as they get all this Derwin James stuff figured I, I out before the season? And just, you know, it depends upper echelon, I guess, a relative term, considering uh, you're playing in a division where you got to face Derek Carr twice a year, where you got to face mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes twice a year, and now Russell Wilson and a rejuvenated Denver offense. So, you know, not the easiest of slates necessarily. And that's what, whenever we look at the raw numbers in terms of the stats and not only individually, but the team unit stats, you've got to take into account the competition, of course. So when you see somebody, okay, they're middle of the pack, they're 16th. Well, they might be top 10, but you got to look at the competition yeah. that they're playing. And look, uh, first two weeks, you get the Raiders coming in the SoFi. Then you got to go to Kansas City. Schedule eases up the next three weeks with Jacksonville, Houston, and Cleveland. But you know, right away, this group is going to get tested. And I think you look at Derwin James and why he wants to be shown the money. 118 tackles, three forced fumbles, two interceptions, two sacks last year. And he's looking at Minka Fitzpatrick, who I believe was picked just six spots ahead of him in the NFL draft back mm -hmm. in 2018. Minka Fitzpatrick just got re-signed about $18.4 million a year. So I think if he's not going to eclipse that, he at least wants to be close to par with that deal. And certainly the production was there based on the numbers. Yeah, my guess is that he'll eclipse it because he's an all-pro. And like we talked about with the quarterbacks, next guy up gets the biggest deal. But the durability concerns, I think, are valid with Derwin James. He missed an entire season back in 2020, I believe it was. Another season, he only played five games. So it's, it's a guy who had issues at Florida State as well with staying healthy. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much of that is really what's hanging up these contract discussions with the Chargers and James's agent and his camp. Yeah, and it also doesn't help that you've got a fellow secondary mate who, yeah, makes your team better. But he got a nice big deal from New England, that being J.C. Jackson. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's like, hey, this guy's the new guy. I'm the guy that did produce. I know I wasn't healthy, but I came back with a reckless abandon last year yeah. with 118 tackles leading the team. So, uh, you know, give me some of that cheddar, Spanos family. <laughs> the uh, Chargers are plus 230 over at BetMGM to win the AFC West. The favorite in that division is the Kansas City Chiefs. They've won it five straight years. They're at plus 155. Broncos plus 260. Raiders plus 650. This Chargers team, a lot of buzz. I know you're higher on them. Are you high enough to bet them to win the division? Season win total over. Uh, how high are you on the Bolts? I am, uh, and, and I'll probably have a, a – play on them for the Super Bowl uh, as okay. well uh, because look they're kind of that team that's not like right at the top of the market but not too far down the board you know mm -hmm. upper middle I would call the Chargers and I am high on this team I think uh, you know they were nine and eight probably should have been better last year you had a first year head coach in Brandon Staley and 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 I think he's going to make the jump we always talk about players and teams how they make a jump from year one to year two I think that this is where it's going to happen. Keep in mind, this team did have six pro bowlers and three AP all pros last yeah. year. So the talent is there in San Diego. They just, you know, they lost a couple close games last year. They lost that game to Dallas by three at home. They lost by three at home to new England. Uh, they lost the close game, the overtime game at home to Kansas city. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so far it's still a new thing because I think with the chargers, 
even though they have Los Angeles by their name, they're still kind of considered San Diego's team. So they're trying to win over fans yeah. in that market, where, whereas the Rams, obviously, they have a Lombardi. So they could say, hey, we're really the team in Los Angeles. Uh, Raiders kind of consider themselves the team in Los Angeles, they too, are, because yeah. they, have, they probably have the most fans. In fact, last year when they went and played them on uh, Monday Night Football down there in SoFi, it was majority Raider people, yeah. majority silver and black in that stand. So when you're to the Chargers, you are fighting for respect. And mm -hmm. because of that home field and, you know, when we get into kind of the nuances of week to week and how these lines are made, Chargers home field is going to be down the board in terms of power ratings because simply they're still the, they're the new kid in town here. So they, you know, the city hasn't really bought in where it's like, these are our Chargers. No. So I think that that translates to some of the players and the players can go one of two ways. They can either be like, you know, oh, whoa, is me, man. They don't respect us. We don't get any love out here. Or they can be like, you know what? Screw you. We're going to get your love. We're not going to, you know, <laughs> ask for it. We're going to take it. You know, the old uh, line in uh, Dallas from Jock Ewing, real power isn't something you're given. Real power is something you take. And you got to take <laughs> the respect and you got to take the love. So uh, only way to do that in Los Angeles, which can be kind of a front running town, as you well know. Yes. Is to win football games. So uh, I, I, I am high on this team. Uh, I It's a lot of juice to pay on that total, especially with the division that they're in. If you made me. I would say yes and go over the nine and a half at minus a dollar 45. But uh, I do like this Chargers team. I think that they are going to take the leap. I know people are kind of wait and see on Justin Herbert, but I think Staley, you know, heard all the criticism last year, some on this network and other networks mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, hey, this guy, the boy genius, you know, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. He is smart. He, he is a brilliant guy, and I think he's going to learn more and, and he's going to continue to be aggressive. And I don't want him not to be aggressive. I don't want him to be passive. I want him to say, you know what? Fourth and three, 50-yard line, we're going to go for it. You know, I want him to have that confidence because I think that that translates to the team. Well, based on how you've laid it out here, this team has all the ingredients to do the big things this year, to win the Super Bowl, win the AFC, all these futures markets. They can accomplish these things. Is there any concern for you about this team? And if so, where does that lie? Uh, probably, uh, just looking at it, uh, I would like to see a little bit more production in the running game. Part of that was the fact that Austin Eckler was hurt last year, but mm -hmm. I think if Eckler and Jackson and Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree also on that roster, if they can give him at least a more consistent running game, you know, when maybe there's going to be a game or two where he's going to be off, if they give him more of a consistent running game, I think that this team is going to be dangerous. I like that this receiving core, Keenan Allen is Mr. Steady Eddie, mm -hmm. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. I think in the second, he's going to have the breakout year this year, I think, in this offense. So that would be a guy, and it depends on where you shop. If you have over-receptions, Marks, I would look at Josh Palmer over-reception. Uh, Tight end, uh, Jared Cook, so an old steady veteran. And I really love what they did with the offensive line. This team should run the ball better with uh, as much as they've invested yeah. in the offensive line with bringing in Corey Lindsley and bringing in Matt Filer in free agency last year. Rashawn Slater, already a pro bowler, uh, yeah. essentially now is a second-year guy, so they're fine at left tackle. They've invested in that O-line. You would think that they'd be not only dynamic in the passing game, but the running game too. 
Any week one look for you on the Chargers? They're laying three and a half against the Raiders at home. They're quote-unquote at home. Probably mm-hmm. going to be a Raider home field. Yeah, neutral, neutral side game, we'll call it. Uh, yeah, I, I have not I have not bet this game yet. I, I think the number is about right. This is uh, There's a lot of, I think, good bettable games and especially teaser possibilities. Yeah. This is one I'm a little uncertain of. We're starting to see some fours actually in the market, but mm-hmm. these might be a wait-and-see teams for me, I think, at least from a week one standpoint. Raiders are very attractive. They're getting more than a field goal with the majority of the crowd probably cheering for them in that stadium. It's going to be a fun game. Their total sitting at 52, so expect some fireworks between the Raiders and the Chargers. All right, we got to put football to the side just for now because we got baseball that's coming up here in this hour. So we're going to go down the MLB card next here on Betting Across America. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sports books. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or in New York. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds hanging out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. In 15 minutes, we will turn our attention to college football, a complete college football breakdown over our number two. The college football betting guide is out. Make sure you're a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Otherwise, you will not get the great nuggets that Wes Reynolds and many others here at the network have put in there for the guide to help you win at college football this year. But let's help folks win at baseball. For today here at West. And we go down the MLB card on a Saturday. The first game getting underway in 23 minutes between the Guardians and the Rays over there at the Trop in Tampa. Right now, Tampa Bay minus 145, the home favorite. Cleveland plus 120 on the heels of the Minnesota Twins out there in the American League Central. The total sitting at seven and a half, and it's juiced toward the under. Yeah, somehow, some way, the Guardians staying in this race a game and a half. It's like they're the team that doesn't get talked about in the yeah. Central because the Twins, obviously, at the top, they're going to get a topic of discussion, but it's kind of like the number one story in that division is what's wrong with the White Sox as they now uh, go ahead and fall one game under 500. A very disappointing performance from Lance Lynn and company. Tim Anderson got thrown out, so disappointing for the White Sox, but Speaking of disappointing, it's been the Tampa Bay Rays as of late. Three and seven over their last 10 games. These guys uh, right now are clinging to that third wild card spot, 53 and 47. Right up by them are the Guardians, 51 mm-hmm. and 48, just a game and a half back. So uh, you look, uh, uh, it could be a, a solid pitching matchup, even though Zach Plesak's numbers have not been good this season. They're 7 and 11 in his starts. He is 2 and 8 in terms of her decisions. You look at his road stats, 447 ERA. 404 on the fielding independent, 446 on the XPIP. Not a big strikeout pitcher, so he's a guy that tries to induce some weak contact, get some ground balls, and 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 just basically eat up innings. Both these offenses, very good against right-handed pitching, though. Guardians, number three, WRC plus on the road against righties. Tampa Bay, number four at home in the same category against right-handed pitching, yet the under is getting bet here early. Seven and a half, I believe, minus 115 at BetMGM. Pretty much that's the price across the board. Kluber uh, uh, seeing some report uh, 
or some support rather against his old team, uh, the Guardian. So minus 145, I'm seeing. That's about a 20 cent move in the overnight. A little bit too big for me. If anything, I would take the Guardians, who did okay. win the first game in the series last night. But I'm not going to bet this game. Uh, um, very small lean to the over. Well, let's go to the Bronx to see if you might find some value in this game. The New York Yankees taking on the Kansas City Royals. How about last night? Aaron Judge, two more home runs, Mm -hmm. one of which a grand slam as the Yankees scored eight runs in the bottom of the eighth to come back from down five through. They end up winning at 11 to five there. Well, today, the Yankees laying minus 300. The Royals plus 230, the big underdog on the road. The total sitting at nine. Juice to the under at minus 115, but this Aaron Judge show, it keeps mm-hmm. rolling along out in the Bronx. There are only two New York Yankees in history that have had 41 home runs before the month of August began. Babe Ruth and now Aaron Judge. Last night, he <laughs> Pretty had good two, company. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so uh, when, you're up, when you're up there at Babe Ruth. Absolutely. So, uh, look, and, and by the way, that's kind of been the story of the market this morning. He has now become the clear odds-on favorite for MVP. I've mm-hmm. seen him as high as minus 250. You know, him and Otani were kind of like even money, plus 150. Yeah. But now Aaron Judge has absolutely taken this by the throat with the New York Yankees uh, uh, getting the power game going. They would like to get their newest Yankee going, though, Andrew Benetton who was uh, yeah. traded by the actually took yep. the flight with the Kansas <laughs> yeah. City Royals to the stadium. It's like, aha, all right, your boy. See you <laughs> yeah, around. Right. See thanks, you down the road. Thanks for the ride. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but one and seven against his former club in two games in this series did get a hit last night. Uh, Yankees won one nothing on a walk-off home run by Aaron Judge. And then 11 to five, we were on the air for the night show last night. And it was five to three. It was a rain delay. They are going to the bottom of the eighth. So you're like, okay. They got one run, and then all of a sudden we look up and they get eight <laughs> runs in, yeah. in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, so uh, Judge, of course, becomes the first to reach 40 this season. Uh, you know, Royals are going to need a little bit more, obviously, for the offense. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be Zach Granke on the bump today, but Jonathan Heasley was just activated off the injured list. So first game back for the injured list. I never really liked to bet pitchers in that spot. Heasley, 25 years old, one and five this year, 550 ERA and 11 starts this season. Uh, he's shown a little bit of improvement, but still near the bottom and average exit velocity, the hard hit percentage and whatnot. So now you're facing a Yankees lineup. That's number two in exit velocity off the bat and third hard hit rate. So uh, uh, Heasley's only gone six innings and four of his 11 starts this season. So Kansas City is absolutely going to have to get some run support for this guy's. Uh, so, uh, you know, does Aaron Judge continue the monster series? I'm sure you're not getting a lot of value if you're going to bet yes on the home run. Yeah. Considering yeah, what is he, he at, is he at minus money now? <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't even checked this morning, but it is probably low. Uh, <laughs> minus uh, 110 to hit a homer. <laughs> but uh, nasty Nestor Cortez is on the mound for the uh, Yankees today. 2-0 in July, 238 ERA, struck out seven and six scoreless last time mm-hmm. out against Baltimore, New York Yankees, 38 and 12 at home this season, not going to lay the big price, uh, two ninety three dollars I think right now at bet MGM. So, uh, this could be something you put as maybe parlay filler, but obviously you still got to be leery of that because yeah. you could, you could get a parlay killer and look at it looked like the Royals were going to pull it off last night. They got down three, nothing early. And then they get five runs in the fifth off Garrett Cole. So 
Run line, you got to lay a pretty big price. That's a big price for a run line. I'm seeing as high as 165 in the market. Mm-hmm. I don't like to bet a lot of favorite run lines personally. I'll bet some dog run lines getting one and a half, especially if I'm the home team and I'm the bat last and the total's getting bet to the under. I think that that gives value, but I'm not a big run line favorite guy. Yeah, if you want to get a little even money on the run line, you can lay minus two and a half over yeah. at BetMGM there, but you got to yeah, pay that heavy yeah, juice. You, in a game like this, that's probably what you have to do is go alternate run yeah. line if you want to bet the favorite. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, the MVP discussion, as we kind of halt down the card here, I want to talk more about this judge thing because you have a ticket at 20 to 1 on Aaron Judge to win AL MVP. Shohei Otani is out there. He was the favorite prior to the All Star break. Now that has flipped, like you mentioned, to Judge minus 250 in some spots. Is there a point to where you would grab a little bit of Otani to kind of lock in a profit? Or do you think there's someone else that maybe could challenge and become that second person Uh, there in the AL? I still think it could be a two-man race. Now, Jordan Alvarez, I know, is getting a little buzz, but he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. Yeah as of late. So I still think it's a two guy race Uh, with Otani. I I would have to, you know, see him get above like five bucks. I think if I really want to hedge, otherwise it's not worth it. And I'll just take my chances, but Mm -hmm. we're starting to hear there was that report, I believe in the New York post from, uh, uh, John, John Heyman, John Heyman and yep. Joel Sherman. I was about to say John Sherman. So I was trying to make sure <laughs> I got the names right. But those two gentlemen put it out that look, the angels might be willing to trade uh, Shohei Otani, or they're certainly not going to not answer the phone mm-hmm. because look, if there's somebody that you got to trade of those two stars, he's the easier one to trade because right now he hasn't signed the contract extension. He's got $5 million due. I think next year there's the arbitration. Then he's a free agent in 2024, but it's hard to trade Mike Trout now because this back issue is more than a back issue. You know, I, I don't know what the long-term prognosis is, but he might not play. There's a good possibility Trout doesn't play the rest of the year. So I think the Angels are listening for the right off, but they're going to want something like your top five prospects yeah. in, in, your, in your organization. They're going to want a King's Ransom, and they absolutely should. So I think maybe this is just, hey, we're always listening, but I don't expect Otani's going to get dealt by the deadline this week. I mean, look at some of these prices on the non-judge Otani MVP candidates. Jordan Alvarez, who if he keeps playing the Seattle Mariners, maybe he can get back into this race here, sitting at 30-1. to Same with Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez, 50-1. to To me, I think Alvarez is probably the only other player that could get into the discussion if maybe Houston just reels off a ton of wins. And he was like 12-1 to just a couple weeks ago because I think people kind of saw the value and say, hey, nobody's talking about this guy. Astros good to have the best record in all of Major League Baseball yeah. and certainly in the American League. And then they were saying that when he was like 16 to 1. Then he got down to about 10 to 1, 12 to 1. Now to see him to 30 to 1, that indicates this is about to be a two guy race and probably has been for some time. Yeah. So you're feeling good at 20 to 1 with Aaron Judge. Yeah. And maybe Aaron Judge, if he keeps hitting him like he's hitting him, this is going to be a one guy race. And it's going to be be. all Aaron Judge because I was thinking, okay, what does he have to do to avoid losing to Otani? Probably has to get in the mid 50s in mm-hmm. the home runs, maybe hit 60. He's well on his way. 41, we're not even to August yet. Also, knock on wood, he's got to stay healthy. Yes. He's, yeah, that would help too. And that's why too. I kind of liked him this year because he yeah. did stay healthy. Only missed a couple games last year. Not like the years past where he misses 20, 30 games. Yeah, Aaron Judge, man, start spreading the news. Minus 250, the favorite to win MVP. All rise. All rise. Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, plus 230. Over at BetMGM, maybe he's a buy spot. Who knows? West says not so fast, though. Uh, We start hour number two going to the collegiate gridiron. College football, baby, on a Saturday. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.